Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey, and in today's Speaker Stories episode, I'll be getting to know Elaine Powell, who's an award-winning professional speaker, peak performance, and public speaking coach. So Elaine, hello, and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Oh, hello, Tom. Hello, the listener. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to jump into our conversation. Thank you so much for being here, and I can detect an accent. Whereabouts in the world are you right now? More or less northwest London, around the Hampstead area. So nice part of London. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I also know that you were a former TEDx curator. You've personally spoken at over 200 events and have trained over 30,000 speakers. So I guess to begin with, I really wanted to find out what is it about the speaking industry that really lights you up and keeps you coming back time and time again? How long do we have, Tom? (laughs) (laughs) There's just so much that I've got out of my own speaking journey. Um, You know, I I was working with young offenders and I loved working in that industry. But, you know, at some point in our life, something says it's not enough. You need something different. So I, you know, I went off traveling around the world, came back and I thought, "Mm, what do I want to do? How am I going to be fulfilled? And something just kept on coming up for me about my childhood around self-expression. My self-expression had been um, stunted as a child through various, you know, mums telling you to be quiet, not to talk. And I think it's one of those things that life gives you what you need, not always what you wanted. And I never really realized that my self-expression had been um, just quashed as I grew up. And I wasn't sharing, especially in groups, what I thought my feelings. So it's like life pushed me into the world of public speaking. It wasn't something that I thought, yes, I want to be a speaker. Yeah. But, you know, life has a way of just pushing us. And I started in Toastmasters. Right. Excellent. And for anyone listening who doesn't know Toastmasters, it's an amateur speaking club that you can go into your local area and they're really supporting you as a speaker. And I, um, yeah, I started winning competitions and really loved how in the process of speaking, we know that from speaking, you gain the things, visibility, credibility, you know, authority. But the confidence and the self-belief in validating what you have to say and people receiving it and going, oh, my God, that was amazing. Or you really helped me. It's just priceless. I can really resonate with that. That is my my story, really. And, you know, I I became an expert at avoiding public speaking for about the first 25, 30 years of my life. Um, Introverted. I was always the shy kid in school. I kept I kept quiet. So yeah, I can really resonate with that. And I guess that's one of the things that I'm really passionate about now is, is move, removing that obstacle and, and, and actually, you know, setting my voice free. So I think, yeah, that's kind of very much in line with what you just said. So, so I want to go back to the, the early days for you then. So when you first realised that, you know what, I, I can share what I have to say and, you know, I, I can have a little bit of the spotlight here. What, what was it like? Were, were you 
were you a nervous speaker or, or did you find it quite comfortable when you, when you got started? Mm. I think because, I don't know if it's because I'm the last child, you know, when you have like a, the baby of the bunch, we run around, we're like wild. I think I've always been in the performance space. Yeah. As a child, you know, my mum took us to theatre, you know, acting and dancing. And I was like just running around having a great time. Yeah. And, you know, I've played the guitar. I've sang in, you know, some groups. So I think I, I was okay about being in front of people, but it's only when you actually step into the world of speaking you're like oh now I have to be really clear with my communication it's very different to performing something versus being yourself yeah and I remember my first Toastmaster speech uh they count your ums and ers yeah were you ever a toast in Toastmasters similar public speaking <laughs> club yeah yeah very similar yeah. and I remember my first five minutes icebreaker they counted 53 ums and ums which now you know as an experienced speaker and coach I know that that person's very nervous they're speaking way too fast they're not using any pauses and they potentially just want to get it over and done with yeah and so they gave me some great tips and then my second time around I got it down to five great so you know, it's it's just been a, an incredible journey um, being in the world of speaking. Excellent. Yeah, thank you for that. And and I guess going back then again, um, what would you say to a young Elaine right now, if you were going to live your speaking career again, and um, what piece of advice would you give to her to set her off on the right foot for this journey? Oh, that's such a great question. I know I've had that many times in Clubhouse because I'm in yeah. a, a Clubhouse platform speaking on uh, speaking. Oh, I think it's the same thing I would say to people in business as well, mm-hmm. that speaking and business is all about service. It's yeah. actually not about you. And I think if I knew that when I was, uh, you know, many, many years ago, I wouldn't have been so fixated on what if I missed, what if I make a mistake and what if I get it wrong? And what, you know, all the things that come up in my head or come up in our head about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, as a speaker, we know that the audience doesn't really care. They care about what's in it for them, what's in it for them, what's in it for them. So I think the same with speaking, the same with business service to many leads to greatness help enough people to get what they want and you'll get what you want in return so if I was to go back and talk to my younger self it would be just keep on focusing on giving value making a difference to the person listening because in that listening you forget about your own self yeah I love that yeah yeah taking the spotlight off yourself really and putting it on yes. your what, what they can get so yeah fantastic thanks for that and I also want to talk about TEDx because I know that we said in your bio that you were a TEDx curator I think for a few years and mm-hmm. um, I'm just interested like what why is TEDx almost a mark of credibility or, or something that speakers aspire to what is it about TEDx do you think? I think because it's been around for a long time since 1984 and I think how it started which was a conference 
Silicon Valley for all the thinkers and doers in the tech space. It was a time of Facebook, Google. So already they were having uh, industry experts speak on ideas worth spreading. Yeah. And obviously, you know, people couldn't afford to go there. So they they created the TEDx, which mm-hmm. is local ones that can happen in your, you know, your community of whichever country you live in. And I think it's also that supply and demand because it's not that easy yeah. to get expected mm-hmm. to speak. There's more demand than there is a supply. Because if you think of the larger, more established TEDx events, they potentially have one to 300 applications for only 12 to 15 speaker slots. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, there is something when you say, I'm a TEDx speaker, that people go, they start paying attention because especially the people that understand, you have to go through the eye of the needle in order to not only come up with an idea worth spreading that people, it's a difference between someone going, meh, okay, okay idea to, oh, wow, you know, yeah. what can you do with this? Hmm. Yeah, and then you have to go through the process of being able to articulate it, create, a, you know, a, a messaging around it that has a curator go, oh, yeah, let's get this person in for either an interview. Then you also have to craft the talk. Yeah, it's actually much easier to talk for an hour than it is to talk for 18 minutes or less. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And just, just to jump in there. So this, this idea worth spreading. If somebody wants to become a TEDx speaker, but they don't really know what idea to go with, what, what piece of advice would you give to them? How do they find that idea? <laughs> Giving all my jewels away here. Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> I, you know, I say it's. It's like peeling back a layer of, you know, an onion. Yeah. Sometimes people will come up with the idea, but usually it's something you've been living through. You want to see that, for, in my opinion, so obviously just my humble opinion, the people who do really well in TED and TEDx is because they're speaking on an area that they're an expert in. Yeah. They haven't had to just go, oh, I want to talk about this. And they have... They, you know, when we dive deeper, when we start crafting the talk, they don't have research. They don't have stories. They don't have, um, you know, facts and statistics because they haven't lived it. So Got first it. of all, find something that you're an expert in mm-hmm. or the other one is expert is an experience. Because yeah. there's a lot of people who have gone through something, whether it's an illness or, you know, I don't know, running seven um marathons in seven days or wherever it might be because then the idea can come out of that the challenge you'll find is that many people will feel because they have a story now they can go and do a TEDx talk well I just want to say it's not TED stories worth spreading Mm. it's TED ideas (laughs) worth spreading yeah so yes you can have a story and we all have stories but what is the idea yeah i love that That's yeah what we need and and i guess you know i've watched lots of ted tedx and ted talks and it always makes you it always makes you think something different by the end of it or you, you know you have a different bit of inspiration or it's been thought-provoking so that, that's i guess what you're looking for really in terms of the idea as well isn't it yeah we always say at the end you want people to do one of three things or all three you want them to think a certain way 
do certain actions or feel a certain way. Think, do or feel. Do yeah. all of them or just at least do one of them. Yeah, brilliant. I love that. Excellent. And and I guess next question is somebody starting from scratch and blank canvas and they're aspiring to be a TEDx speaker. What's the kind of lead time you should somebody should expect to take? Is it is it a year? Is it two years? Is it six months? How much time do you need to go from zero to on stage at TEDx? You're asking all these hard questions like, like to quantify time. It's it's really difficult mm. because, you know, people are doing so many things in their life. I, I'll tell you what I've experienced. The yeah. quickest I've had is to work with someone and within 10 days we came up with the idea, we articulated it, we applied and they got accepted. Love that, yeah. Then they delivered it within three months. That is pretty, pretty quick. Sounds quick, yeah. Because I'd say on average, it depends on how long somebody's been thinking about this idea. Mm-hmm. But I'd say on average between three and six months, because you've got to work on the idea, you've got to work on, sometimes it's just space. You need that, that thinking space. Yeah. And then you have to, sometimes they actually want you to write the talk for the yeah. applications and that yeah. takes time. And then you have to wait for the speaker window applications to open mm-hmm. and unless you've got a big database you don't always know when their applications are open and then they you know they maybe have a month or six week process where they go through the applications yeah 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 perfect uh, that, that's 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 been really useful thank you and um, i guess just moving away from 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 tedx just for a second um so we've talked about the early days for you you know at, at toastmasters we've talked about your journey um what I was interested in now is is what's next. So we've just been through a global pandemic, speaking industry shut down basically for a couple of years. So so what's what's next for you? What's next for the industry, would you say? Yeah, so people want to get out. <laughs> they want to be with other people again. Yeah. Uh, you know, where I think virtual is here to stay. Yeah. Because have seen that we've coped very well during the pandemic and there are times that you can't gather everybody together at a conference it costs a lot of time all of that travel um in person are definitely coming back again hybrid i'm sure hybrid is still there and for people who don't know hybrid it's it's virtual and so if i'm presenting in a live room i'll also have a camera to look to and there's people virtual i think sometimes people don't like the hybrid as much um, because it's really it is challenging to engage a live audience and yeah. the audience on Zoom as well, so that they both have the same. Because it is all about experience. Mm-hmm. You are creating an experience for them. Um, so you know, I think we're now going into a new phase of those three: yeah. virtual, hybrid, and in person. Uh, for myself, I definitely uh, want to do a lot more speaking in the USA. So mm-hmm. just working on the visas yeah, and, of course. and all the things that have to happen, you know, to make sure that you're always doing it the correct way. Um, and for me, just spent spreading my uh, subject matters, which I, I speak on transformational thinking mm-hmm. and obviously how to communicate with impact. They're the two and peak performance. They're the areas that I love speaking on. So I'm doing that and just running my year long programs to get people out there speaking. 
Excellent. And, and I guess that, that's led us nicely onto the, the final topic I wanted to talk about, which was the business side of speaking. So um, a lot of aspiring speakers come into the world and maybe they're giving free talks to begin with. That's not sustainable. So at some point, they need to transition into paid speaking or revenue generating speaking. What advice would you give to somebody who's looking to turn, I'm a free speaker to I'm now in the business of speaking? Yeah, so I, I think it's like with same with your business what is your target market yeah uh, who are you speaking to and who's willing to pay that type of money um you know from three to five up ten there there are organizations that can't afford that so is that your target market then that's fine but be aware that your payment will be capped yeah uh, you know, non-profits can only pay so much government can only pay so much small business owners mm-hmm. um when you're jumping into more the more corporate space, C-suite, that's where you can do, you know, the bigger conferences. That's where you can do the 5, 7, 10, 15 yeah. uh, going up. So for those, I'd say I got this. I think it was from Nigel Riser. It's the three Fs. At times, you are going to speak for free. Yeah. Even, even if you get paid 10000 there will be times you speak free because it's in front of your ideal clients. Yeah. Uh, and you know there's something coming on the back end. Maybe there's programs that you can deliver or workshops. Then there's the fee. Now, how do you go from free to fee? You just ask. Mm-hmm. And you'd be so surprised how people, I started at 500, went up to 1,000, went up to 2,000. I just kept on raising it and I wasn't attached to the person saying yes or no. Yeah, I get that. And then there's the, the last one. So there's free. There's a fee, you ask for it. And then if they say no, you negotiate or you have conversations, but always have those conversations in person. Don't do them via email. It just doesn't work when you're talking about pricing. And it's all about value. What value can you give? And the one last one is flee, run away. Mm, It's not your target audience. It's not worth your time. They're not in line with your values, who you are, then um, so I like the the three F's. I, I love that. I had Nigel on the podcast not long ago, actually. Um, <laughs> oh, he's yeah. a rebel. I <laughs> love Nigel. Yeah, he's awesome. And um, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. It's been that's been amazing to hear. And um, I guess the last question for me today is: if somebody wants to find out more about you, work with you, book you as a speaker, where should they go? Oh well, thank you so much for for having me. I've enjoyed uh, our conversation. Having, having to make me work hard yeah, <laughs> some of these questions. Um, two places that you want to book me as a speaker, just go to elainepowell.com and you can contact me there. If you're interested in working with me, either to get you on the TEDx stage or to get you out speaking and getting paid speaking, then just go to my Mind Speak, one word, Mind Speak Academy, and you'll find free resources. Uh, that you can download and contact me there. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll post all of those links into the show notes as well so people can click on those and, and find out more. Um, but uh, Elaine, all that's left to say really is thank you so much for your time sharing such great value with me and with our audience. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Tom.